0: This morning's reading uh, is taken from Psalm 37, verses 1 to 11, and verses 23 and 24. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he will make his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Amen.
1: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I wonder if you uh, remember this song from perhaps your childhood. It goes, I'm H-A-P-P-Y. I'm H-A-P-P-Y. I know I am. I'm sure I am. I'm H-A-P-P-Y. I wasn't even going to try and sing it this morning, but you probably remember. Do you remember that one? Uh, And what about this one? If you're happy and you know it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, Absolutely, and we're also encouraged to stamp our feet, nod our head, various other kind of actions. But do you know what my question is? How do we know? So the song says, I know I am, I'm sure I am, but where does that deep level of conviction come from? Can we really be sure? After all, there's another well-known song that tells us happiness is just an illusion, There seems to be so much that our happiness depends upon. If I just had a bit more money, if I just had a better job, if I had better relationships. So maybe happiness is about getting everything we want or think we need. And also, when we look around the world, we see what we consider to be unfairness. When someone gets the credit we feel we deserve, Those times that dishonesty seems to be more profitable than integrity, when success seems to come to those who are bending the rules, shall we say, that makes us really angry, doesn't it? Well, Psalm 37 was written by David in the later years of his life, and in it, he gives us the wisdom of his experience, and he addresses some of those similar questions, How should we respond when we feel that we've been treated unjustly? Why do dishonest people appear to be more successful sometimes? Well, three times in the opening eight verses of the psalm, we are told, do not fret. Do not fret. Now, that's quite an old-fashioned word, I would say. It's not really one that we would use in our everyday conversation, The Good News Bible translates it as the more familiar, don't be worried. And yet, when I started looking into the root of the word fret, I think it gave a fuller picture, which I don't think the word worry quite does justice to. The Hebrew word that is used in the passage translates as to burn up in anger. Unfortunately, we have witnessed in the last few weeks how the smallest of sparks can ignite flames and how destructive fire can be when it takes hold. So this is the the analogy that the psalmist is using here, a destructive and all-consuming emotion, the picture of a heart that is kindled, agitated, irritated with active worry. The English word, fret, comes from the root that means to devour or to eat away. Again, it's that picture of an all-consuming feeling or reaction. So, fret and worry, they emerge from a sense of not feeling in control, or perhaps from comparing ourselves to others. We compare ourselves against other people and then become miserable When we feel that we don't measure up in Psalms 37 we see situations that may cause us to fret in verse 1 we read that fretting arises from envy particularly that sense of injustice that we feel when it seems that the bad guys are winning now don't get me wrong It is right that we should respond when we see examples of injustice in society. We should be moved when we see conflict, when we see discrimination, when we see people struggling just to afford the basics. It should cause us to be stirred. It should encourage us to do something, to want to do something about it. However, in verse eight, the psalmist warns us that we must be careful how we respond. We must not allow anger and a desire for revenge to get the better of us. Going down that road leads to sin and separates us from God. So I have a quote here about this fretting from uh, someone called Doug Van Meyer that I found uh, on the the internet. internet. It's going to come on the screen. What does this fretting look like It displays itself in an angry disposition to perceived injustice or general hopelessness due to hurt. It manifests as bitterness due to suffering. It shows itself in fear of the future. It is frustration from a sense of meaningless. Those who fret get worked up, and when you're worked up like that, you cannot worship. Worship. Many times throughout the Old and New Testament, we're encouraged not to worry or not to not to be anxious. In Matthew 6, Jesus himself acknowledges that the natural inclination is to worry about the future, to worry about how we will provide about our appearance to others. Worry seems to be part of being human. So how, as the psalmist encourages, Can we stop this damaging fretting from taking hold? What steps can we take to deal with those anxious thoughts and prevent them from taking a destructive foothold? It's not as easy as just having a general wish for good feelings and hoping that we'll somehow make ourselves feel better, make ourselves feel happy. Instead, we need a strong conviction that there is a source of joy a source of peace, and a source of love, which we can utterly depend on. And in Psalm 37, that's what we get. Interwoven between being told not to fret, we find that God has given us the perfect antidote to fretting. Here we have a call to action from the ultimate source of joy, peace, and love. We are given an action plan to enable us to overcome those negative emotions so firstly in verse three we are called to to trust 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 in the lord now this is ultimately about where we look to for our sense of security in an, an uncertain world and in uncertain times where can we find certainty and we're encouraged to find refuge in God, the only secure place. He is the only one who gives true protection, confidence, and certainty. We're encouraged to run to him when we find ourselves in times of trouble, of trouble, and in him we find safe pasture. What a beautiful and reassuring image that is. From the New Testament, we have that similar description Of Jesus the Good Shepherd. We're also called to trust that God is ultimately in control. Don't allow the seeming prosperity of others cause you to question the power and rule of God. We see in this psalm that world prosperity is empty of real hope. Success in this world is temporary but God's love and blessing are eternal. If you missed last Sunday's service, I would really recommend that you listen on catch-up to all that John had to say about hope. Our hope is secure in Jesus Christ. Because of his death and resurrection, we are alive in Christ. We can have confidence that whatever is happening to us now, God is still in control. As John said last week, it will be all right in the end, and if it's not all right, then it's not the end. Trust that God is still in control, even when life doesn't seem to be going your way. One day, those who trust, even when things don't make sense, will find true satisfaction. And also in verse two, we're given the first three, sorry, we're given the second part of our. Uh, action action plan. plan and that is to do good it follows directly after the instruction to trust in the Lord we don't need to fret because God is in control we don't need to fret because God offers a certainty so our response should arise from that place of trust a trust in God's justice and in his mercy So when we're hurt, instead of being angry or seeking revenge, how should we respond? In Micah 6 verse 8, it tells us, the Lord Lord has has told us what is good. What he requires of us is this, to do what is just, to show constant love, and to live in humble fellowship with our God. I'm sorry that that Slightly cut off on there, but uh, it's from Micah 6, verse 8, that was was the news news translation. So act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's what we're called to do. And Jesus summed this up in Matthew 22 as, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself those times when we feel that we've been wronged we need to respond with love when we see injustice we need to respond with mercy Mercy. and with love we need to love with a heart of compassion our actions should reflect jesus and the only good of which we are capable is that which is done in his power and his strength as the Holy Spirit enables. Now, In verse five, we get our third bit of the action plan. We're told to commit commit your way. Again, understanding the word here gives maybe a deeper meaning to that. The word used here can be translated as roll your way onto God. So that idea of rolling your anxious thoughts rolling your resentment, your fear, your envy, rolling all of those circumstances that threaten your peace and bring them all to God. God. Admit those areas where your fretting is stopping you from wholeheartedly worshiping God. Hand over the burdens and trust God to take care of the situations that you can't handle. And verse 5 tells us that God will act. So, these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We find rest and peace when we roll our burdens onto Jesus. And then in verse seven, we get our fourth and fifth, I think, um, parts of the action plan. And that is to wait patiently. So when we've committed our way to the Lord, when our peace has been restored, then we can be still in him. We can wait patiently for his purposes to be revealed. I think many of us find that pretty difficult. It can be really hard to tune out the noises of this world, the stuff that goes on in our head. So hard to shift our focus away from those circumstances that are causing us to fret and instead to calm our hearts and our minds before God. But it's so important that we recognize those times when we're fretting, the times we're getting worked up, and consciously come before God to spend time with him. Some more of that to come in a little bit. So we're encouraged to wait patiently. Stop trying to fix every problem yourself. As we saw in the last section, God will act. This is not a passive waiting. We're waiting patiently, but with an active anticipation that God will bring about his purpose. Place yourself into his hands, listen for his voice, and trust his ways. To trust is to believe his promises before we see them fulfilled, and to have faith in his timing. And then verse 4, we come back to verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, I guess I could have started looking at this verse this morning. We were talking about being happy. This verse seems to imply that if I delight in the Lord, then I'll get everything I want. Great. But <laughs> I've left it to the end because I want to talk about it in the context of all that we have discussed So so far. When we love someone, we look forward to spending time in their company. They become our number one priority and all others fade away. And that's what we should experience in our relationship with God. Am I here this morning because it's what I do on a Sunday? Or is it because I delight in In spending time with God do I read the Bible out of a sense of duty or because I delight in hearing his word do I pray because I want something out of it or because I delight in listening to God's voice speaking to me maybe there's a sense that we need to recapture something of that delight The word that's used in this verse for Lord is that word Yahweh, I am, a deeply personal name for God that for Jews is too sacred to even be spoken. It is the name that establishes him as the one true God. It's the name that reminds us that all of creation comes into being and is sustained through him. The name that tells of a never-changing God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and yet a God who loves us personally, a God who longs for us to be in relationship with him and never stops in his pursuit of us. If we see verse 4 in the context of the other verses that we've looked at, we delight in him because we know that we can trust him, that he loves us and that he cares for us. We can be still before him, setting aside all distractions because we know that he he is always working in our best interest. Worry, envy, anger, replaced with a conscious delight in the Lord as we commit our way to him. So first, delight, and then desires. When God is our true delight, we find that he reshapes what's important to us, what matters the most to us, our desires. He does this by altering the intentions and motivations of our hearts so that they reflect him. Our desires become more in harmony with the will and purposes of God, Not springing from our own expectations and our own self interest. We see that the things we think we need to be happy here here. here and now don't lead to true happiness and satisfaction. Only following God and what He says, and what He says is best, leads to true satisfaction. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you are looking for happiness and you're looking for meaning, then seek with your whole heart, seek a personal relationship with God and there find everything that you need. Uh, One final quote before I sum up at the end. And this is by a guy called Skip Moen. Life in Christ is a replacement process. In it, we will find that God becomes a delight to us, that we can enjoy his company and his purposes, that our lives are lighter because we have trusted him. A most amazing transformation occurs when we begin to seek a relationship with God. Our lives progress towards fulfillment. Those secret spaces are no longer empty. We experience the desires of reborn hearts as real experiences of joy. The time will come when we find ourselves happy just to belong to him. We will know contentment. So I started this morning thinking about what it means to be happy, and I'm going to finish with the words of Jesus from Matthew 5. I think they are the ultimate summing up this morning's message the message that everything we need is found in god true satisfaction is found when we trust god and commit our hearts and lives to him when we shift the focus away from fretting and make him the focus of our delight, then our deepest desires will be met so i'm going to read matthew 5 from the message version In this version it uses the word blessed but in other translations that words can also be translated as happy so you might kind of want to substitute that word in your mind as I read them so Jesus said you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you there is more of God and his rule you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most most dear dear to you only then Can you be embraced by the one most dear to you? You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So in these uh, moments now, we're just going to make some time and space to come into the presence of God who loves you and has given everything for you. Set aside any of those distractions and take delight in him. Know that he takes delight in you. Allow the spirit to still any anxious thoughts you have this morning. Release your burdens and receive the peace that Jesus offers.